Good afternoon. You're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio and Local Media This Week. The programme which we, where we look at the newspapers, the printed word here in County Clare. We've got the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion. And we'll have a look and see what they're writing about this week. I'm delighted to welcome our usual panel. And that uh, is John S. Kelly. John, good afternoon. And good afternoon to you, James. And Pat O'Brien. Pat, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jim. And David Fleming. David, you're most welcome. It is a pleasure, Jim. Now, uh, local media this week is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography, and Ruth is based in Fecal. And I suppose looking at the papers, looking at the, the front pages of the papers, certainly the Clare Echo, uh, there is a report there of, uh, of a court case, and uh, we don't normally deal with court cases, and we won't this time, but it's on uh, the front page of the Clare Echo, and it's also on, I think, page 11 of the Clare Champion. Also in the front page of, and it's, it's not directly about East Clare, but the air quality in Ennis is uh, featured. Um, John, what well, you... Sorry, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm astounded, really. I thought we were taking action. Now, we had taken action hmm. uh, on that issue in Ennis, but it's coming up again and again. So what's the cause? That's the... So that we can address it? Yeah, I suppose you'd have to ask, I suppose, and it's happened in many cities uh, when a lot of fires are burning in close proximity. Um, that's... In you know Beijing has been a very bad example, um, but Dublin also back in the nineteen seventies and eighties there were there were huge problems. Yeah, and it's um, seeing with it's, with smog and and yeah. with you know the quality of the air. But so, I mean, it's got to surprise Mickey Joe up in the hills to realise, or in the valleys of course as well, uh, to realise that there were occasions when the air quality in Ennis was clearer, cleaner than Beijing. Yes. Is that right? Worse. Worse. Yeah. Worse. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I often wonder why, you know, why our planners insist that we all have to live in large towns and cities yeah. um, when we're all on top of each other and, you know, these kind of things apply. I mean, there were 8 million people in Ireland, John, back in, the 80, yeah. in 1840, and uh, they didn't seem to be... They had other problems now, but didn't yeah. seem to be... Air quality didn't seem to be one of them. But I know, that's the side you, issue. Do you notice in the continent, uh, you'll find outside towns as you approach them in the car, you'll find that uh, the air quality at that moment is indicated on flashing flashing headlines mm. across the motorway or whatever. Do you ever notice that? Yes, and of course they, they will say the international media like Euronews, for example, yeah. they will give air quality during their weather forecasts, mm. the air quality in Paris or in Rome or wherever. How does that affect you, by the way, the, the, the Ennis situation? Well, I was sitting in Ennis during the week after reading the Clare Champion after buying it and yeah. uh, I thought the air was quite good. Mm. I mean, I certainly didn't notice any smell. Or but you anything. have experienced uh, poor air quality there. When you I, told me when I worked in Dublin yeah. in the seventies, definitely the air quality was terrible. Yeah, um, mm. you know, coal and. Whatnot. Given that Innes is such a large, it's the largest urban centre in the county, and given that we have legislation in other parts of the country 
banning the use of smoky coal um, and wet timber and all the rest. It seems, it seems strange that Ennis is not part of that. Is, Given right. the size mm. of Ennis, you mm. know, whatever yeah. about the small little towns and villages in, in the rest of the county. But um, I, I think the government, remember the government did try to, um, I think it was the last year Minister Ryan tried to bring in a legislation to ban um, smoky coal, not only smoky coal, but turf and wet burning of wet timber. And you were all like, you were... It was as if you were about to go out on the barricades. Um, and now you've, you've turned around again, have you, a little bit? Um, and you're saying, God, we should improve the air quality in Ennis, shouldn't we? I yeah. think smoking yeah. coal is banned in Ennis. Yeah. So yeah. do you think it's not being enforced? It's probably, or not, in, it's probably not being enforced. Yeah. Or they're burning something else? Yeah. Mm. Well, I'd say that it's not being enforced. An awful lot of smoke comes I from have, turf. Uh, I, count, I have the council of uh, complaining. A lot. People were I, I'll tell you, a fair share of it. People were bringing in the smoky coal from outside the outside the the Yeah, the, the circus. Pat, Pat, Pat and Jim, you didn't hear our good friend make the observation about mind changing, you know, <laughs> after due reflection. We are proud on the other side of the table to actually admit to thinking again. A bit of metacognition. <laughs> mature reflection. And mature reflection. It costs one man uh, the presidency, probably, because Indeed. of the failure to mature reflect in time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we'll... we'll air, pollution, air pollution is, um, is linked to 7 million premature deaths globally, 400,000 in the EU, EU, and more than 1,300 in Ireland every year due to factors such as uh, particular as particular metal and nitrogen dioxide. Estimates that poor quality air causes 1,300 premature deaths on annually is likely to be out of date with figures closer to more than 3,000. If you're sitting by the, by a smoky fire and you're inhaling it, you know it can't be good for you. And that's the bit you can smell. It's the stuff that you can't see or smell. Uh, the small little particles mm. that are are coming in. But sure, anyway, let's hope that something is done about it. Okay. Can we talk about a wind farm? Looking at the Clare Champion uh, on page five, there's a, there's a lot. There are three separate articles in the Clare Champion by Dan Danifer, uh, where well, one is local residents urged to object to Fahy Beg developments and then fears over wind farm impact on Clare archaeological sites. David, that might raise your eyebrows. And then Clare politicians weigh in on planned wind farm with pictures of Pat Hayes and Tony O'Brien. Oh, that, Jim. So there's... Um, the actual... The, the archaeology question now is a new one. You know? Um, it is. With regard to uh, the possibility of disturbing um, intact archaeology sites. It's a new one. It is, but what I, I, my sense of all of this is, um, their objectors, including the politicians, are looking now for everything that they can possibly find that might be objectionable to the proposal. So, so, so I was reading here. It's the Clare politicians weigh in on planned wind farm by Dan Danaher. This is a quote. Senator Timmy Dooley described the proposed development as inappropriate for the area. He proposed the local information group should contact planning consultants to act on their behalf and focus on protection of the hen harrier, biodiversity, 
and landscape in their objection. So there is a seasoned man who knows about how the planning system works, is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing, advising the local community. But he's given them there three topics. He didn't mention the archaeology, but the archaeological is the fort, you could say. Um, yeah, that, that's in a different site now. We'll that's a, di a different, sorry, it's yeah, a different yeah. site. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, uh, these are the reasons you would probably turn down if, if the hen harrier is, is endangered. I don't know, are there many hen harriers up there? You see, but but the minute you mention it, it's a bit like the Dingle Bay, the Dingle Slog, and the mm. the bat. Um, Ash, did you did, did you mention there a while ago of the number of before we went on air of the number of wind farms that are proposed all yeah. around East Clare? We had a meeting of our local community council there um, last week and um, we, we, we chatted about it and what money was coming off from maybe uh, the, uh, the community fund but uh, I was just uh, saying would we get anything off the one from could we get any bit of money off the one from in between the Dyke and Bradford and which would be in part of the, would be in part of the mill spanish as well in Kildonan but Joe Coney told me there were six six wind farms from yeah. the Dyke all down into Bridgetown and around uh, over, over, um, by we'll say Woodcock Hill, yeah. and 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 back, and there's another one planned for the Treadwell Hills. So now we look at the the communities that would benefit financially out of supporting a project like like a wind farm, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the mills would benefit clearly because you're within the the circle, aren't you? Yeah, you are. You are. Um, within a couple of money, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how is it going to be uh, equity, equitably divided? I wonder. Because the local communities are going to get, legally going to get, an amount of money per annum for what, 10 yeah, years? Yeah. 10 mm. years of John, they're not going to get them if they object and it is turned down. Ah, so yes, but I'm assuming that, 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 yeah, it's unworkable, yeah. that they will get. Mm. Well, I, know that, I know that, I know um, a fellow uh, that's involved, that he's um, uh, with Kinmele, and I was chatting to him, and he said they get they get a substantial amount of money every year from the wind farm back up in. in um, so we have a benchmark in Kinmele and Connolly. So we we can actually go to communities that are already yeah. benefiting from Farmers, the yeah. the wind farm. Wind farms, yeah. We need to know mm. that precisely, don't we? Where are we going? I wonder with wind farms in terms of that, you know, so many people find them objectionable. Mm. And, mm. you know, and on the other hand, we want to move away from, from fossil fuels. And I think it's partly, oil. Jim, it's partly because in the past, it, I don't know, it, it, there seems to be a culture around objecting to them. It's just, I want to object to them. And what are the reasons? I don't see here, apart from Timmy Dooley's talking about hen harriers and biodiversity and, and landscape, I don't, I don't, it's never articulated what the main objections are. Um, there's eight. That's the yeah. number of this, the, the Fahi Beg development. RWE Renewables Ireland has submitted a planning application to construct eight wind yeah. turbines. Yeah. The, 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 the blades of those uh, turbines are supposed to be the, the full length of the, of the GA pitch. That's right. Yeah. So, so do you want center. 20 of the smaller ones? Or eight yeah, of, the, of the bigger ones. Or mm. the other group of people who don't want them at all. Or don't want them at all. Now, it's interesting you, uh, you, you, you point out um, there is the ESB have an ad on page three of the champion. 
energy for generations, energy for a brighter future, ESB to host webinar and exhibitions on Money Point Offshore Wind. And they're talking about um, uh, a wind, a floating wind farm. This is what we've been talking about for a very long time. Yeah. We're beginning to see, and there's even a picture, a, a, a design, a mock-up of what these wind farms, and it's probably the big blades again, but mm -hmm. they're just out in sea. They'll be located 16 kilometres offshore to the west of County Clare and to the northwest of County Kerry. This is the Money, show, money Point Offshore 2, and it's a webinar. Uh, so you, you you go online and you, you get the information there. But that probably is the future. But in, that won't be there for another 10 years, if you ask me. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's the guys at Fahi Beg that will be bridging the... These I want to know, and the, the, the other ones are down the road, the, yeah. the, the, the ones in the sea are down the road. And we're told mm. that they have a 35-year lifespan. Yeah. No, link. But if you, if you, just before we go away from it, yes, Council Chairman Council Tony O'Brien claimed the height and size and scale of, of the project is inappropriate and questions why a young person is prohibited from building a house on their parents' land on the R466 Pagetown to Bradford Road. But a wind turbine could be permitted on this scenic route. No. <laughs> Councillor O'Brien said sending applicants have been refused permission to build houses because they are deemed visually in intrusive. Yet these turbines could be built up to 880 metres into the sky. Yeah, I think you're comparing as a, apples with oranges, or he's comparing apples with oranges there. Like these, these wind turbines are located up the top of a hill where you'd never build a house. I, get, I don't know about the scenic, I don't know about the scenic um, route business, vi, sc, scenic route and, and visually intrusive. The design of a house might be visually intrusive. Um, and we saw a case of that, I think it was down in Broadford, three houses where had been proposed oh, yeah. and they were going no, to be okay. visually okay, intrusive yeah. because the design was incorrect. Yeah. But yeah. I, 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 I think the comparison is probably not a valid one. I'm just thinking linked to that. Uh, there was a, a BBC Panorama program which featured the planned Ennis data centre. And the, the recently, you know, I, I didn't see it, unfortunately. But the article in the Care Champion on page three of the Care Champion yeah. uh, talks about Ireland already having 70 data centres in operation, which consume more than 13% of the national electricity, and 30 more have planning permission. So, how do you feel about that, Jim? Well, I'm just wondering, we'd better get out to the Atlantic fairly quickly <laughs> yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. rows upon rows yeah. of... Uh, so the, the, yeah. the centre, the physical centre can start much more quickly. So yes. we're into... Uh, you see, of course, we need data now. We need this we radio show. Every single one of us are, is using data at the moment. Tell our mm -hmm. listeners how. That your mobile phone, the minute you take a photograph and it's uploaded onto the cloud, mm -hmm. the famous cloud. Well, the cloud is the data centre. That's what actually mm. it is. And, of you know, Sinead Sheehan of Future Proof Clare uh, indicates here or says that uh, the Ennis Data Centre would use as much energy and water as 200,000 homes. Now, I don't know how, how you know, how accurate that is. Well, did but, Jim, um, could I ask you this? Because this troubles me. When I go home, or maybe the next day after we've been going through the actual... Um, the actual the actual reports, yes, newspaper reports. Figures are frequently quoted 
and figures can be very impressive. I mean, in supporting an argument one way or the other. Isn't that right? Yes. Mm. Okay. But we have no way of checking unless somebody goes to the trouble of seriously doing so. Mm. We have no way of checking the accuracy of those figures that Mickey, that Michael Murphy or whoever Michael Murphy is. Yes, um, would, would, would give. Would give to support his argument. So what do I remember? I remember only the actual statement in relation to the project, not the numbers at not, all. Not the numbers, yeah. What do you feel about that? Yeah, it's. I suppose we want, we want data centres. We don't want data centres, but we want somewhere to store our data. <laughs> and we want green energy, but we don't want wind turbines. Yes. So in our backyard, we're but we're we're a little confused. I think. Well, the, the big problem I have with all those, uh, Donnelly, I haven't been hard with with wind energy in general, but you you we're going to build six of them down around all around East Clare, instead of Limerick City, and we we turn off seventy of them over just because some. Some bit of planning with them, you know, above in, in, in Galway. Yeah, that's daft. That's daft. That is daft. Mm. Absolutely. Listen, but the government yes. move on. The, the developers broke the law. Yeah, but, okay. The and if Fahy Beg developers break the law, but, uh, they'll be told to take them down as well. Mm. That's the hard lesson. Listen, Paul Bertie was always the fan of our party for the last 10 years, and he's back in, and uh, he had a lot of things to answer as well, but he's back in, so <laughs> why, why couldn't the wind farm say, okay, forget about it now, 10 years? So are you saying the wind farm should join Fianna Fáil? And well, right. well, maybe after 30 years when the wind farm, they, they can be taken down because they're, they're only for 30 years, I think, or that kind of 35. time. 35. And they'll be all be out at sea at that stage. Okay, affordable housing. Uh, we have That's a, an oxymoron. Yes, it probably is. Yeah. At this stage, the, in this stage, houses are not affordable. There's, yeah. a, there's a small bit about uh, the archaeology thing there about, about uh, Cromwell. I thought we were trying to get rid of Cromwell for 800 years. <laughs> <laughs> is he coming back? <laughs> Pat, there's a piece about affordable housing in one of the papers. Can I? Uh, I heard you talk about it there yeah, a while ago. In the championship. In, uh, yes. in, in the champion. Oh, yeah, in page seven of the champion. Page seven. Yeah. Um, uh, Jessica Quinn has the, has the story there. Clare County Council has received more than 500 service responses from people in, in expressing an interest in affordable accommodation. The survey came, came ahead of a planned application for Innes and Shannon to be included in an affordable housing scheme. The survey will close on February 17th with applications to, be to the Department of Housing, local government, heritage, to be large definitely state. Members of the public are rushed to have their say and get involved with the survey at the at the monthly meeting in this municipal district. Of course, it's a, it's a, it's a scheme the government will be getting the more affordable housing and they had a survey in Shannon and 500 people ex- have expressed an interest already in it. Okay. What is, how, how do we make housing affordable? Do we, do we build houses smaller? Surely we don't build them substandard. How, how do we make some houses cheaper and other houses more? I, I'm just wondering. I don't really know either, but I think maybe maybe um, maybe they're sold at the at the cost price or something like that, you know. Yes. Yeah. Through the through a government scheme, it must be something like that. I I don't know the details, but. Okay. There's also a piece, Pat, that you were talking about as well there, where uh, in relation to grant aid. Yeah, last week, there, um, Fiona McGarry had a had a piece on the on the champion last week, 
and we didn't deal with it because we suppose we hadn't time for it. Um, Fiona said a strong emphasis being reported uh, in Clare uh, in a grant scheme designed to bring vacant and derelict properties back into use as housing. An update of the of the level of interest in Clare has provided was provided at the January management report of the local authority, showing more than 330 applicants had been received to date. Councillor also said it is responding to a large volume of queries received daily in connection with the vacant property refurbishment grant from interested homeowners. Um, um, last year, the, the vacant property refurbishment grant opened, offering a maximum of 30,000 for refurbishment of, of vacant properties as a principal private residence subject to certain conditions. And there's also another twenty thousand top-up grant if the, if if, if it's um, derelict. But you must be living in the house to get the grant. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, you, you have to own the house. You, you have, have to. Make to it, you're going to make it your your, your yeah. You're going to make it. Yes. 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 Yeah. You, and if you, you have uh, if you have another house, John, you have to show show that you're going to sell it or that you're you're going to close. But that's that'd be easy enough to do. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Oh yeah. If you're yeah exactly. There'd be no problem for people who are in need, uh, who are looking for houses to live in and they find a derelict house and do it up. Yeah. If you have an old house, John, and you're, you don't intend to move into it, but you're thinking, oh, the government is going to give me 30 or 50,000 here now to do this up. You'll have to move into that house, John. Sell your other house, your principal primary residence, move into the house you've done up or else they'll t claw back the money. That you've used. How about how about the old lady? Was it Pori Column? Uh, the old road. woman of the rose. Or to have a little house. <laughs> a house. Have you next line of that? Yes, I've heard that one. I don't know if any grant aid covers what she was going to do because <laughs> she was looking for a and chains and pendulums swinging up and down, a dresser filled with shining delf, yeah. speckled in white. And blue and brown. Okay, it's great to br get, bring a bit of culture into the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Why we're, why we're talking before, about houses just, and just before I go, yes, Pat. Uh, <laughs> here on East Clare, uh, they're, they're having um, a local information evening with the council around the county, and the wonderful scarab is on. I have to this morning there and, and there at him. Uh, it's on next Wednesday evening from four o'clock to seven. Where about? In the in, in the library, the library does the council meet in the library. The does. East Clare Council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, so it's in the library. Yeah, yeah. yeah. next yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, next okay. Wednesday from four to seven. And you might have people out there who who sent us an old house down there. Exactly. And, and, and I'll tell and, you, and, fifty thousand does go a long way in a renovation that might be costing you two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm looking at Parik McMahon's piece in uh, the Clare Echo on page seven. Where he there is confidence that Broadford and Cora Clare as well, their wastewater waste will end this month. So I suppose have they been holding it this long, Jim? Well, they hopefully Sorry about that. Re <laughs> relief will will take place shortly. But in fairness to Broadford, well, I mean, and we know the Broadford I think we can take a, a, a little share. In the praise for <laughs> well, Broadford getting their their uh, sewage scheme, yeah, yeah. I haven't got it yet. Ah, well, we, we were we we're kind of yeah. inclined to think they well, will. I'm hoping get it next Minister O'Brien will announce it within the next two weeks. But uh, yeah. I think Minister O'Brien came down to clear as well, and he he said that he'd sort out the the, the priorities in the next two weeks. And, and said, I think they're still waiting. Yeah, and they also mm. said they would sort out the Shannon Heritage. Yeah. Well, yeah. Joe, Deputy Joe Carey, uh, he said he met with Minister O'Brien and. 
that he would hope to have clarity around the middle of February. Now, yes. clarity could be either way. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> but I mean, we wish to add the people and Broadford, the Broadford, this, yeah. Broadford community have to action a group. Bit and the core yeah. Clare. Well, I think there's two um, for Clare if, if, the, if, if they get the go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Looking we, at... Um, we might be uh, waiting, I think, for, for the toilet. <laughs> something Pat, you're in great forum this week. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Looking at the, we talked about quite an, an amount last week, is the, the Ukrainian refugees. And we're all very familiar with Ukrainian refugees all over East Clare. Um, the, apparently there's division down in Shannon and there was quite an acrimonious exchange of views the weekend before last. But um, our local senator here uh, from Mount Shannon living in Tulla, Timmy Dooley, and Timmy returned to Ukraine. Uh, you remember Timmy was one of the first uh, par parliamentarians who visited Ukraine back in, uh, at the very start, about a year, or just yeah. almost a year ago, when the, the Russian invasion first took place. But Timmy and his colleague, uh, MEP Billy Kelleher, uh, they went again to the country and uh, John they had some interesting they had, uh, uh, remarks to make yeah. Timmy, I'll I, I just read what Timmy actually said yes. and revealing, uh, he visited Ukraine last week where he says people are determined to get on with life to continue uh, fighting the Russian invasion and very grateful to, to, for the support this country has received from Ireland, so he moves on and he says I also visited, he said, the Ukraine early on in the conflict. But this time, I found a greater level of normality around the capital. We don't see that on television at all, so we don't. No, but I no. suppose the TV coverage tends to go to Bakhmut or Kherson yeah. or yeah. places yeah. Where, where there is... But it says cars are back on the streets and there's, this, there's not the same amount of military blockages around Kiev. Mm -hmm. And people are going to work. Shops and restaurants are open. Uh, fair play to him. There is a curfew at 11 where everybody has to be off the streets. But there's a resilience, a recognition that life has to go on. Yeah. What we're saying to us, uh, thank you so much to Ireland, including people of Clare, who have welcomed many Ukrainians, but they want their people to come back. Now, yeah. that's, that's a, they, mm, mm, they're beginning mm. to prepare the mindset. Yeah. For their, by the way, the, the curfew, I was in Belfast on, on Friday and at six o'clock, or is it at, at seven o'clock? I think it's six o'clock. The gates are closed okay. at, the, at the Peace Wall. And you can't go out. You can't go driving around at 11 o'clock. It's a, pre a preventive, uh, uh, you know, strategy. Yeah. But it's worth their while actually going there because it is... An amazing, amazing example. And the Peace Wall divides, let's say, the the, the green area from the orange area. Absolutely, absolutely. It's about six, about sixty feet high. Yes. Well, what I would say, of course, it's to be expected that life w continues. They have to continue during the Second World War. London still had, people still had to go to work in hospitals and everywhere. Um, but it's good. It's good that life is getting back. But. And this is where it comes back to the Shannon thing. I, I watched a program on RT television, RT1, on uh, Wednesday night. It was about Mariupol. 
And it was footage taken by Ukrainian citizens in Mariupol just as the Russians were invading or taking it over. Yes. And it was harrowing. Uh, I could actually I couldn't watch it. Really? It 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 was horrendous, you know, the 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 death and what people had to do and yeah, babies you well. saw it in the bunker yeah, yeah, the bunkers the and the Avastol. And if I I I'm here and we're here in Scarif and there's a hotel here in Scarif. And I'm wondering why they aren't using that hotel. And I would have no problem with them using that hotel or coming to Scarif, even if we would put a little bit of pressure on shops and doctors and everything else. But I'd, I would reach out because I have just to see what they've gone through. through yeah. mm-hmm. there, was people, there was people there on the street and, and, and at freezing and uh, dead and they were stuck. They were trying to take them off the street and they were stuck to the, the frost, stuck to the ground. Mm. Just tell me now watching it last night on Wednesday night. Yeah, it's something really that that I suppose, you know, we've we've kind of got used to hear. Yeah, but I, I have got used to hearing about the this and that and the other thing to do. With, but the the program and I saw some of the program you mentioned, and it shows what people actually went through, mm. and it it really brings you know there was footage from yeah. from that period. Right. Sorry, Pat. RT was on uh, there during the week and. They were discussing it and uh, about about and those hotels out around closed up out around Dublin Four, they're closed up and they're not being used, mm. and they, were, they, they 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 broke down the amount of people where they were, but uh, in the effluent parts of Dublin there was very few Ukrainians mm. yes. put up. Yeah. They were all being shifted onto the onto the, the less well off the, the, the less well off parts of the city. If that's the policy, it's uh, wrong. Okay, mm. listen, we've reached the halfway point of the programme. Pat uh, always has a piece of music for us to kind of sit back and relax and... Uh, well, yes. Choose the next is uh, Valentine's Day. So oh, it's Pat, is it? We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, John Paul Young with Love is in the Air. By God. Okay, so Love will be in the air during the halftime break here. I think it's back from the from the seventies. Uh, that John Paul Young. Okay, you're listening mm. to local media this week on Scarif Bay Community Radio, sponsored by Rook Griffin Photography, and Pat said it. Love is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Very welcome back. You're listening to Local Media This Week on Scarif Bay Community Radio, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. And that was Love is in the Air, specially chosen for us today by Pat. And that that gets us into, I suppose, the, the swing of things here in terms of Valentine's Day coming up next week. Pat, uh, Paige, the, the living section of the Clare Champion, uh, and a very familiar lady there, uh, pictured with a rose uh, between her teeth. Yeah, um, Chalk Tactics, a wild success story. Uh, Patricia Farrell tells Fiona McGarry about guiding the East Clare chocolate business through thick and thin. And um, Patricia, Patricia's there with a, a rose and she has some hats and she's making chocolates out there for 
Uh, Pat, have you the chocolate Have you the chocolates, boss? I haven't, no, but maybe I'll... I'll God, I'll, you'd I'll, want to hurry up. I'll be in Scarlet Shoes tomorrow, so I'll, I'll get a box there on the way back. Your God, you're leaving it to the last minute. They could be all gone, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure she'll, she'll rattle up some kind of a box for me if I win it. St. Valentine's Day may be just around the corner, but a team of... Of, of dedicated East Clare chocolate makers are already hatching their range for Easter treats. Chocolate, <coughs> chocolate is all about the seasons, explained Patricia Fellow, founder of Wild Irish Chocolates. We make all our chocolates by hand, so we are going on our best for St. Valentine's Day and Easter. At the end of December, we have to, to meet the demand. Based in Leafy Tumbrainy, Patricia and fellow Dub, her husband Con, had been in the business for over two decades. Constantly innovating and developing new products, Patricia understands fellow chocolate lovers' tastes and habits generally still uh, dieting season with a lot of people, she explains. On St. Valentine's Day, though, everyone wants some chocolates. It's almost like an order from the high. It's lovely a reason to enjoy some chocolate treats. So... It's nice yeah. to see. Did see, you ever see. actually go in? I did, yeah, I did. You're we not telling lies now. No, we were uh, myself and. and oh, we, we recorded Jim, <laughs> myself, myself, and Pat, myself and Pat, Mac, and uh, Geraldine. Geraldine invited us down to yeah. for for coffee and chocolates down there. Geraldine, Geraldine, I have Colum, to say, yeah. as a local in Tumgrainy, I like to support local and buy local. And we're in there every Christmas. There's a, usually a few Christmas presents bought. Yeah. And Mother's Day, and all you yeah. know, all the chocolatey occasions. And you know, now there are two clients, local to the area, who make a point of Jim of um, buying local chocolate. And people don't think uh, we'd be up with a, a fine artisan product like that mm. in in Tungrainy, Do you yeah. know? So we're appealing now to people, leave the Cadbury's and those cheap chocolates aside <laughs> and concentrate on the on quality. On quality and local. And local. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, John, we have grandchildren in, in both Galway and Dublin and the Scarif grandparents are miles ahead <laughs> of the grandparents on the other side. Really? <laughs> uh, somewhere where they would really love to go. We want to go to Clare. Mm. And the reason why, because our grandparents live about a mile from a chocolate, chocolate factory. factory. Yes. Exactly. Well, what else could any little <laughs> child, child want? Oh, yeah. dream of. Exactly. And you can actually go into this chocolate factory and... And see, it, uh, see the stuff being made. Yeah, but uh, sample it. Sample it. <laughs> and they love, they love going, they're coming down off for St. Patrick's Day and they're talking about nothing else, only we want to go to the chocolate, the chocolate factory. factory. And will Trish be open on... on well, on she'll be open day. the day before anyway, <laughs> and the day after. Yeah. So, yeah, very it's, good. It's a great success story, John. Really. It is. Uh, it's marvelous to see it. Yeah, and you can you can buy them actually. I've seen them in, in the, the, the airports. They have oh, them in the yeah, airports. Yeah, and the, yeah. you know, and the There's just a couple of things. There's a menu. Uh, it was David pointed it out here. No, I didn't see yeah, it. Oh, the well, Pat had it spotted. Pat, Pat had it spotted, and page, then page fifteen of the champ of, of the clear echo. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this could be the perfect blind date. Oh, the <laughs> not only is your you mightn't be expecting who your partner is, but you also mightn't be expecting where you're going to eat <laughs> <laughs> because there is an ad for a Valentine's menu on page fifteen of the clear echo, but it doesn't tell you the name of the restaurant. There is a number at the bottom, so it's a bit mysterious. Um, it is, and it's a lovely menu, whoever it is. Is it in Ennis? 
Is it is yeah. it in Dunebeg? Is it in Scarif? Where is it? It's well, I, have, I have a anyway. I have a question. Uh, anyway, so I have a question for you, David. Do you know if you were a young fella again? I am a young fella. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, young, young. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and you were invited to go on a blind date. Yes. <laughs> Would you go? I'm sure. Why wouldn't I go? I know, I'm asking you. I would, I'd be delighted. <laughs> I'd be delighted to be, have anybody ask me. Yeah. <laughs> would you, would you go, Pat? Yeah, I probably would, John, yeah. And would. how about how about James? I most certainly would, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so that only leaves <laughs> you, John. <laughs> yeah. Would you? Would I? I would. Yeah, that's unanimous, so. Mm. Yeah. Uh, John, did you ever use a dating agency? Never. W- when you were um, in that frame <laughs> in, of mind? In that frame of mind. Not, never a da- dating agency, yeah. I mean. It, it, life was a little what's, easier what's the one in that regard. Know, what's the, uh, yes. yeah. Things were... It was do-it-yourself. But there is an... And it's, it's now very common um, to go on to an app, Tinder... That, well, for a blind date? No, for a date. You can actually see them. I think that's the big thing. You can see them and you can swipe left or swipe right. You can choose. There's <laughs> um, a photograph of a guy on the rock facing out and he's swiping behind (laughs) 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 I think Jim we'll have to refer to that what John is talking about but this what you're what you're initially um, is there is an ad uh, on on page 37 and it starts with there's a big love heart in the top tired of being alone two hearts meet dating agency will help you find your special someone and it gives the call call number there and 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 two hearts dating.com is the name of the website so, you know, there are people out there who, who um, will want to find somebody on this special love weekend. And just maybe... S- just like um, at home, that's, um, I told Ezra and Tarantra to see, and they were there during the COVID and all that to yes. see, and Maraid was sent him. And how do you, you know, how do you actually meet up with somebody? Uh, ma'am, did you ever hear of Tinder? I suppose since we're on Valentine's Day... Uh, on page 20 of the Clare Echo, uh, in, the, in the business and recruitment section, no less. Um, but there's a lovely photograph there. My favourite photograph, I'll have to say, uh, in the Clare Echo. Um, it's the... It's, I it's, think it's, it's the one that John has, has just <laughs> referred to. Yes, yes. The best sustainable venue nod for Hotel Doolan. Yeah. Mm. And there's, there's a couple there. It ain't, it ain't probably is the story there on the... Yeah. Um, Tell us about it, Pat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a vicarious. <laughs> There's a lovely photograph there on the, on the rocks, but then you wouldn't... You wouldn't want to get staggered. You could end up aside in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. I mean, your man is, has a good hold of her, hasn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's, he's holding on tight. <laughs> he is holding on tight. We'll have to suggest to readers to uh, go out and buy the Clare Echo and have a look at page 20 right. to see exactly what we're talking mm. about. A picture tells a thousand words there. Well, of course, no. it, 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 uh, the, the, the stories about Hotel Doolan has been crowned as Ireland's best sustainably wedding venue in the years uh, Save My Day, i.e. Irish Wedding Venue Awards by today in Tomothy. So that's how, that's how the, the picture is there. So yes. then wants to read up about Hotel Doolan or somebody's getting married. Yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. he held on to her, yeah. and, you know, long enough for... That she wasn't swept away into the sea. <laughs> no, but there, there, there's a similar photograph then that Pat spotted on page 32. Well, 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 well Pat, I mean, would, would see the sporting angle. Well, he would. 
Well, that's what I'm suggesting as yes. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's players talking to there. There's two ladies there, and um, opposing players got hit over heels during Clare Ladies' football defeat to Kildare at the weekend. And uh, bottom soap is the, is the hidden on the on the top of it. So it is a fabulous photograph. Uh, and a tremendous from, heading. Yeah, uh, very, yeah good, clever, uh, very, yeah. very clever, that man. And uh, yeah. Burn Eye Photography, John. So well, I, I think he should change that to Eagle Eye Photography. <laughs> Eagle Eye. <laughs> and I mean, you can't identify the players. No. But um, certainly it's... I suppose the, the, the photographer always looks for the unusual angle. Yes. Yes. And he got and it. He <coughs> certainly got it. And, of yeah. course, newspapers love these sorts yeah, of... Uh, they do. So it's anyway, Jim, going back to the big question about Valentine's. In, in your uh, day, I'm not saying your day is over or anything by any means, <laughs> but in your day... He's just implying... <laughs> uh, tell me, did you celebrate Valentine's? Well, when we were... When I... When I <laughs> When you might be... Um, You've gone to I, her, and you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember it such a long time ago. You would, of course, you would. If you are if you were dating somebody now, it's, it would be an important day of the year not to forget, certainly. Yes. And to acknowledge and to... Um, but I think it's a certain phase in the whole... Now, is it in the whole cycle? Yeah, I think so. Really? But I, in, no, in my time, as you say, the tradition would be to send... A Valentine card okay, okay. to somebody, That's right. but not sign it. Yes, you know, and you're a Valentine. I would have sent Valentine cards. I would have received Valentine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and John, to this day, I don't know who sent them. <laughs> Listen, my my nine year old is already into it and has has got even a present. She asked. Her um, her mother to yeah. buy her a bar of chocolate oh, so lovely. she could s- give this bar of chocolate to whoever. As as dad now, I'm already getting worried. <laughs> about the prospect. But anyway, okay. Listen, we go on. Pat, a, a parishioner of yours or co-parishioner of yours uh, was um, very successful. I think it's on page fifteen of the of the Clare Echo. Oh yeah, uh, you can see, yeah, Lee Bice there um, on the East yeah. Care page. East Care page, yeah. Uh, <coughs> the same page as the the, the Valentine's menu. Menu, yeah. Yeah. Liam <coughs> is boisterous ahead of Irish time. It's a very time. clever punning uh, yeah. headline, isn't it? Liam Bice. Liam is boisterous. Very good. Yeah. Liam is showing his abilities to put up an argument while it's part of man. A student at the University of Galway, Liam, has reached the final of the prestigious Irish Times debate, which is the longest-running third-level debate competition. It's time, f- it's time for the citizens of the, of the European Union to directly and democratically elect the President of the European Commission is the motion up for debate at the final, which takes place on Friday, February the 17th. You wouldn't mind reading the motion again, Pat, Pat, would you? Pam? Would you, you wouldn't mind reading the motion that's up for debate again. Yeah, it's, it is the time for the citizens of the European Union to directly and democratically elect the President of the European Commission is the motion up for okay. debate at the final, which takes place on February 17th in partnership with, with EU50. Mm, it's a, it's a lo- I'd love to have time to debate it by ourselves, but, yeah. Mm. Yeah. but yeah. it's won't. a lovely one. <laughs> yeah, Listen, we, we won't. <laughs> anyway, congratulations to Liam and well done, and we wish him every success. And he's Michael Boyce's grandson. Uh, 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 grand, uh, grandson? Grandson. Grandson. Michael's? 
And yes. you and I remember Tomo Boyce. Oh, and, yes. And Basil. Mrs. Boyce yes. from Main Street in Scarif. Yeah, Basil Boyce would be this Boyce grandfather. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're, <laughs> we're getting pushed around. Uh, a number of Tuller-related stories on the... Uh, on the page, about uh, a 13 of the Clare Champion. The, the Tullam Market reopens, that's the first one. And the Tullam Market is, is an amazing place. And in the courthouse in Tullam, every Saturday morning from maybe 10 until 2. And we broadcast from there a few times over the last few years. But also, um, the housing development, uh, Pat, has got planning permission. Yeah, permission is granted for a major new Tullam housing development. Fiona McGarry has the story there on page, uh, the east and southeast Clare page, page 13 is Clare Champion. Uh, 56 new homes have been given the green light in Tuller following a successful application by Windskin Developments. The sales earmark for a greenfield site at Lahorn South, while the developer originally sought permission for 60 homes, this was scaled back after a request from the local authority for further information on a number of aspects of the plans, including the density. A total of 21 conditions have been attached to the grant, grant, to the grant of planning permission. These include the requirements for the developer to engage an, architect, an archaeologist to carry out assessment before any preparation and groundworks at the site. Wiskin is also required to enter into an agreement with the council in, response, uh, in respect of social and affordable housing. Planning permission is for 56 houses only, and these are to be sold to individual purchasers rather than corporate entities. That's very important. That last sentence there mm. is very important because we remember what happened in the previous uh, yeah. flush of houses uh, yeah, yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. The um, developers and investors were buying up yeah. bundles of houses and renting them out. And renting them out, yeah. So I presume that the the presence of uh, an amazingly successful industry in Tala, that is to say Beckman Coulter, okay, I presume that the success of that operation is a factor. It must be. In, yeah, in it, this it must be yeah. trust. Well, no. yeah, it's one factor, uh, John, I say, and then the, mo- the other one is it's close to the motorway. Yes, and the motorway. Well, not too far from the motorway. Yeah. 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 But you'd hope that with a large development of houses that like the people who will move in and move in quite quickly once the houses start being sold, yeah. you know, c- can be integrated into the community. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and you don't want just a commuting town. You don't. There was no. th- 30, uh, 30 uh, social housing built and given out there uh, in late last year in Tuller. Yeah, mm-hmm. the and then you have two developments here. Yeah. John near the school, across the the schools and the old secondary school site of seventeen or eighteen houses. Yeah. I'm very and then I'm down I'm down near the I'm very down interested those. in, in uh, what you're saying that you do not wish to see Tala develop as a commuter a commuter town. Mm-hmm. Now we spent some time okay, we spent some time uh, over the last year and the year before. Uh, arguing, not arguing, but discussing how villages can be saved. And the one that comes to mind, Broadford, we spent time on Broadford saying, look, it put in the, the toilet uh, oh. facilities and what have you, and you have an ideal commuter town, and we thought that was a great idea. Hmm. Now we, we see that it won't necessarily be great ideas when a town, according to you, hmm. Uh, well, it's an opportunity, I suppose, for Tulla Hurling Club and Tulla Soccer Club and the athletics 
club there. The drama, too. all of them. And no, drama. Yeah. And the schools. Yeah. And the schools. And the schools. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but there needs to be balanced the, the big, development. The, the, big, mm-hmm. the, big, uh, the big issue is, I see on, on my phone there, uh, I didn't see anything in the paper about it this week now, but I see them on, on, on my phone during the week as well. There, there's 60 houses being granted permission down a six mile bridge. 60? 60. And half of us there already. And six mile bridge, there's about... There's about 7,000 7, of the population in Six Mile Bridge. But come here, mm-hmm. the, the government wants, is it 70,000 houses every year to be yeah. built because mm-hmm. of the issues that we have? So we should be getting used to this, to Granny getting 56, 52 mm-hmm. houses. You know, this is the future for the next few years. We are going to see a lot more of this sort of building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you'd like to see excellent design, wouldn't you? You would. Yeah. And the danger, the danger, because of the mad rush to provide yeah, houses, yeah. that uh, we, we, we might let let the design slip. That's a the problem. Bit. You'd we be hoping now the council will watch out for that. Well, okay. okay. The, anyway, the council, the council when, will watch out for the design, but I'd say the, the, the actual work should be should be modest, especially because a lot of you're a lot of shoddy work going on in the in the, in the, in the yeah. tire with the yeah. they're spilt them up and they're thrown them up from the head of them and building them. Yeah, that's right. But as no, 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 can we can we go to the East Clare page because we've only a few minutes left. Uh, Michal Hannan uh, is from Tulla. Sorry, maybe it's not the East Clare Cahill. page. Uh, no, Michal Hannan. Uh, he's a hundred and two. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, he's in Kinaloo. Page nine, sorry, yes. Mm. And he's pictured there with, with a friend of ours from Scarif Bay Community Radio, Deborah Dudgeon from the, the History Society. And she's presenting him with their latest publication. But uh, the headline is A Healthy Diet and Happy Outlook Keep Me Hall in Fine Fettle at 102. Well done. A healthy yeah. stable, uh, uh, John, uh, John, stable of fish and porridge. Well, I'm into that. Yeah, well, that's, mm. that's, that's what this meant anyway. I hope you'll live. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that the quote of the week uh, yeah. has to be in this article because he says, if I can hang on for another while, it looks as if I will live to see the new bridge. Ah, marvellous. So, yeah. great. Um, yeah. And he's, I'd say he's no intention to go on anywhere. Indeed. He looks He looks very well there. A lovely photograph. As and he's a, living independently. Is he? It's a wonderful tool. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, so it's great to, you know, to live to a good age and have health. Yeah. And he, goes, he goes to the Raheen Daycare Centre and, and, and uh, Claire Kale, Kale-Lew, uh, he goes there for, mm. yeah, I suppose for his um, the week. Okay, yeah. can we go to Flagmount? Um, because Pat Hayes is concerned about the footpaths in Flagmount and that's on uh, page uh, six of the Clare Champion. Um, the Flagmount footpaths get some need uh well certainly need looking at anyway. um the fact that i was looking at the, in in uh, Drummondura, the footpaths have are getting a huge makeover on the other side of Loch Rainey. but um pat hayes has a piece there on what did i say page six yeah. of, of the fair champion yeah. poor state of footpaths in east village highlighted so it's great to have yeah, you know, our local councillors, and they all do it. They're, they're on the ball. They're, they're on the yeah. ball. Aren't they very much? Yeah. The council mm-hmm. there uh, is well, Jim, does it in one case there where they've got so many, so many million there for, um, for all that type of work. 
during the week as well. It's, it's yeah. in some of the pages there. Yeah, and Pat, Pat also mentions the road between Fecal and Tulla. Tulla, Tulla yeah, where it's flooding. Yeah, I see that as well. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I wouldn't travel yeah. that road very. Yeah. I know the road, mm. but obviously it has experienced it gets, flooding. It gets flooded. I think when you heavy rain. Yeah. Yes. So that's something that um, that that they're looking at. Whitegate GA John made a contribution to your old alma mater. And a very generous one, wasn't it? Yes. I see it's on yeah. page uh, 15. 15. 15. 15. 15. On page okay. 15, yeah. Of the Clare Echo, and there's a photograph there. I think they're presenting a cheque for a thousand A thousand quid. Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be a, a, a fine community facility, isn't it? It is. Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah. It is indeed. The Christmas draw, they have the Bohemian 18,790, and the fashion show, Bohemian 21,000. And they have a capital grant of 133,000. So mm. there must be a long, and, and they're going to get money from the um, education and training board. They might clear education and training board as well. Yeah. And so I see Tulla National School are, they're on the same yeah. attack in mm. relation to yeah. uh, an astro yeah and all with our entire yeah we have our point line he will be threading the boards there he'll be the MC for the night and he won't be he won't be shocked over all the attention I, I, no, I bet I, you Pat <laughs> I, in 20 years time <coughs> uh, you'll have covered outdoor areas mm. yeah That'd be the next. Mm. I, rem- I remember band. was it Unbelievables who said it would be a great country if you could roof it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you're doing. Okay, I think are we we're we're close enough uh, the, towards the end. The Clare Road Society, there. I say you'd be interested yes. in that, David. Was it, uh, the, uh, uh, eel weirs at Killaloo between the 1840s and the 1930s. It's a it's a lecture given by Una Kears, I think is how you pronounce it. Una Kears, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's on February 16th. So after you get over Valentine's Day, you can go out for this on the 16th, February at 8 p.m. at Clare Education Centre, Government Buildings, Kilrush Road, Ennis. Mm-hmm. On Killaloo Eelweirs. Yeah, Killaloo Eelweirs, all about eels. Do you ever have an eel? Do you ever eat them? Yeah. As a vegetarian person, I don't know. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> They're quite a delicacy in certain mm. countries. You can also um, get a Zoom. You go on a Zoom if you can't make it in tennis mm. on that night. Can you mention the, the, the drone as we pass it? You know, I know we're not going to spend any time on it, but drones are pro- causing problems Listen, in Dublin Airport. Pat O'Brien went up with a drone up to Dublin <laughs> Airport so that he can get planes down, diverted down to Shannon. That's exactly what happened there. <laughs> but I think we should send up a few more and we get a few more planes down. <laughs> That's seriously a lot now. This is very serious. It's yeah. very serious. Well, maybe we'll yeah. talk about it next week because I think we should give a bit of time to it yeah. because uh, it is quite serious. Yeah. Okay, listen, we'll wrap it up uh, at the moment. Uh, thank you very much to everybody for your contributions today. And we had we talked about serious topics and we had a bit of a laugh as well. Enjoy Valentine's Day. That's what I would say to all the listeners and to everyone sitting around the table as well. So to John S., many thanks, John. You're welcome, John. Joining us. And to Pat. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Jim. And thank you, David. Happy Valentine's Day, Jim. Thanks to Luke, uh, who looked after sound today. Uh, Pat, what are we going to go out on? Well, dare I ask? John Kelly just got to the. He's been in the back seat <laughs> <laughs> of the cinema back in the back in, in the time, and we'll go out with the American drifters kissing in the back seat at the movies on Saturday night. Uh, uh, would you mind repeating what David does? <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, uh, we sign off for today. Many thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday as well. Uh, at two o'clock. So for the moment, goodbye and God bless.
She knows where we will be 